still listen to me. We left you alone. I've been busy with my new baby. I'm so tired and so full of doubt. I'm covered in breast milk inside and out. And life's strange. I gotta put myself last. My two-hour workouts are a thing of the past. Well, motherhood may pull us apart, but the show will go on. Keep us close to your heart, listener. Don't you forget about us. Don't, 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 don't you forget about us. We still here, we podcasting. Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast. Hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan world naturals bikini pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. Well, holy shit. It is Sam. And Sarah. Shorky. And Harry. Harry. Shorky, who is uh, on my teat right now (laughs) nursing. And yes, it is post-pregnancy, post-baby, obviously. And he's, in fact, now just over two months old. And somehow, we are managing to make it back to podcasting. Did you think we were ever coming back, Sarah? Thought I'd never see the day. Seriously? You thought the podcast was a goner or what? No, you were looking at me like I should say something. Well, I do have my breast out and I feel a little awkward right now. I'm trying not to look at you. Anywho, we are glad to be recording finally and I wanted to say thank you to everybody who has reached out saying they missed our little podcasting efforts. Your guilt worked, everybody. And speaking of guilt, I literally just want to spend time with my new little baby who I'm so incredibly in love with. Yet I'm feeling this guilt because I have an online business, aka I'm self-employed, and I don't get a paid maternity leave, so I'm still working technically, and working to me does entail posting on social media, but I don't want to do it because I just want to spend time with my son, so it's this drama that I'm going through in my head here. And Actually, that just made me think of our poor American friends south of the border. They only get like three months maternity leave, if my memory serves. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Which sounds horrible. We Canadians get a full year off, eh? Yeah. Except for Sam, who gets no maternity leave whatsoever. Sucka. Yeah, thanks, bitch. I've also been trying to convince Sarah to start providing daycare services to me a couple days a week, but for some reason, she has yet to accept my offer. Yeah. Raise your own kid, bitch. (laughs) 
But anyway, we thought as a fun first episode back since the birth of Handsome Harry here, we would discuss the many realizations that we have come to seeing as we now have both created a tiny human inside of our bodies, Sarah creating two now. But if you are a man listening to this episode or a woman who has yet to birth children, or maybe you have no interest whatsoever in having kids, I still think you'll enjoy this episode. Not sure enjoy is the right word. Well, I guess if you enjoyed our poop podcast or the sweat episode or the sex episode. Or the fart episode. Mm Mm-hmm. A, you're gross. And B, it's along those same lines. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And C, welcome to the show. (laughs) Okay. So first, let's talk about pregnancy. How crazy is it that we women are able to have cells in our bodies that turn into a little alien type peanut with tiny arms and legs, and then nine months later turns into this adorable, squishy, little real-life baby? Mm Mm-hmm. And now you truly understand the miracle of life. Mm Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, men are great and all, but the fact that their contribution to the miracle of life is so minor, like literally all it takes from them is the smallest effort for two minutes, and it also feels really good for them, their contribution, whoop de frickin' do Meanwhile, everything that us women can accomplish, can I get an amen for all the women out there, and seriously, how incredible our bodies are, and what we are capable of doing, and creating within our bodies? Amen. Okay, but I will come right out and say, I fucking hated being pregnant. You're such an asshole. No, I'm just telling it how it is. I hated feeling nauseous in the first trimester, and I ate like crap for those first three months because I felt so crappy. Then second trimester rolled around, and I developed this brown line on my stomach. My nipples got darker, and I also developed what is known as the mask of pregnancy, meaning hyperpigmentation all over my friggin' face. My freckles and my moles darkened. And please tell me I'm not the only one who noticed that all bodily fluids suddenly increased, making me feel like a fat, gushy, disgusting pig. Ah, the miracle of life. (laughs) Anyway, I couldn't possibly disagree more. In fact, I was just saying to somebody the other day that when I was pregnant with my first, it was the happiest time of my life. I mean, yes, the nausea sucked. Definitely loved being pregnant. Sadly, I can't say that for my second, but that's only because I was so afraid and worried the whole time just because of all the miscarriages I experienced between my two kids. So I was kind of incapable of enjoying it. Yeah, what episode did we talk about your miscarriages in case any of our super fans want the backstory on that? Super fans? Yeah. Do we have super fans? <laughs> Do or, we? I don't yeah. know. Nevertheless, I think it was the fertility episode. <laughs> and that would make sense. Well, I think in my case, although I really did hate looking pregnant and feeling pregnant, obviously the fact that I wasn't exactly in a picture-perfect relationship with the father, that had an impact on the whole experience for me. So it's important to mention that backstory for all the super fans as well. Right. I did go into 
more detail on a blog post and also the pregnancy podcast announcement episode we did. For the record, the father is involved. We're just not together. But yeah, all in all, I shouldn't really complain because I I genuinely did have a very easy, healthy pregnancy. Probably the worst part was in my third trimester where there were two times that I was training clients and demonstrating exercises for them and I pissed myself wearing bright neon leggings, of course. I like to go commando, as I've mentioned on previous episodes. So needless to say, after those two highly embarrassing occurrences, I started wearing underwear and only wore black leggings to train clients for the remainder of my pregnancy. Incontinence is real during pregnancy. What about you, Sarah? What moment or situation stands out in your mind as being the most disgusting or embarrassing part of being pregnant? Probably the constipation, you know, um, and having to take monster-sized dumps at work every three days. Mm. And let's just say low-flow toilets are not your friend. Yeah, thankfully I never experienced any constipation throughout my pregnancy, so can I get an amen for vegan pregnancies? Amen. Unfortunately, our little Sari was a lowly vegetarian throughout her pregnancies, guys, so probably why she was constipated. Yeah, I don't know. I'm starting to think you just have a rectal problem where shit falls out of you regardless. Mm. Well, while I was pregnant, I was taking an iron supplement for the first time in my life, and I gotta say, my shits were black as night and painted the bowl something awful and something I've never seen before. Mm, Yeah like someone flushed a zebra. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. And on that note, let us move on to the actual childbirthing experience. Well, this should make for an interesting conversation because Sarah and I both had completely different birthing experiences. I actually had a C-section, a cesarean, which means I had a much rougher recovery, longer recovery, and I am forever left with a Frankenstein-like chainsaw incision to show my birth. What? It's like a thin line. Yeah, well, I'm hoping for it to become a thin, unnoticeable line. I am doing many obsessive attempts at diminishing my scar. So shout out to silicone sheets that I've been wearing all day long and the various oils I've been massaging onto it every night. You're insane. But no, I'm honestly pretty cool about having the scar. Mm. And the good news is I don't ever have to tell Harry that he entered the world via my crotch. Instead, I can just point to the scar and say, that's where babies come from, honey. That would be nice. Yeah, but going back to my post-surgery physical state. I do have this weird little pouchy thing now as well, kind of right above the incision, but it's still early days and I'm also still pretty numb down there, so I'm hoping it goes away and I will keep you guys posted on that and how it heals. I'm sure everyone is on the edge of their seats. Yeah, no doubt. All the super fans. But all right, changing gears, Sarah, you on the other hand excreted both of your babies via your vagina. I don't think I would 
use the word excreted. My experience, because Harry was stuck under my rib and no matter what efforts and procedures we tried to turn him head down, the little bastard would not budge. So I had to have a C-section and it was scheduled. So I was actually able to plan for it to the point that I was able to hit the gym the night before. I was able to wash and flat iron my hair. Experience no pain. Yep. My bags were packed. My hair was styled. I arrived on time. I gave a head nod to all the women who were hanging off their husbands and walls, panting and screaming, going through labor. And instead, I had my stomach cut open. But I had a longer hospital stay. I had to have a friggin' catheter and was heavily medicated. A lot more pain, probably, than you. Says the one who never experienced labor. My crotch remains unscathed to this point, which is nice. Yeah, I was waiting for the crotch comment. Apparently Sam thinks that when you give birth vaginally, the way the Lord intended... Oh shit, are we getting religious on this episode? No, I'm just trying to point out that the body was designed with this intended purpose. Yeah, can you guys tell that Sarah is a little bitter about the fact that I never had to experience labor? One, yes, I am slightly disappointed because I was quite frankly looking forward to you being taken down a peg or two upon discovering that you are not as tough or indestructible as you think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And two, I was in the middle of saying something. So if I may continue, don't interrupt me. Please continue. As I was saying, Sam is under the impression that anyone who is given birth vaginally is left with giant elephant-like ears hanging between your legs. <laughs> Okay, cutting you off again, because obviously, as a trainer, I am well aware that our crotch is a muscle. If there's anyone who understands how muscles work, I know damn well that it can obviously be strengthened again, despite being loosened through childbirth. But interestingly enough, I have noticed that men who I've spoken to and told that I had a C-section, they always get very excited and say, well, that's great news for your crotch. Well, we all know that men are such experts on the female anatomy, (laughs) especially the dickheads you talk to. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of the dickheads I talk to, did I tell you that I think my new type, now that I'm a single mom, is going to be jacked or perhaps roided out single dads? My, how things have changed. Mm -hmm. Didn't kids used to be a deal breaker for you? Yeah, it was. I turned down many a single dad because they had kids and... Well, look at me now. Karma's a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, I wanted to mention that while we're on the topic of giant slop holes, I was reading an article the other day about ways that pregnancy forever changes our bodies. I read a lot while I'm nursing Harry. And one of them was that although the vagina will contract down to almost, Sarah almost its original size after birth, most women will have a permanently wider pink truffle if you will. Ew. But of course, there are obviously factors that would or wouldn't contribute to this widening, such as type of delivery, the size of your baby, genetic factors, and being overweight, etc. Why would being overweight matter? Maybe their babies are bigger? Oh, and actually, while we're on the topic of bigger ladies, another one of the changes that pregnancy forever does to your body is that most women apparently 
will forever hold on to a few extra pounds with every pregnancy. One in four women will hang on to 11 pounds or more a year after giving birth. And after having a baby, a woman will be on average 2.5 to 5 pounds heavier than she was prior to pregnancy. And while, yeah, 2.5 to 5 pounds might not seem like a lot, it would obviously add up the more babies you have. So with you, Sarah, having two kids, that basically means you're carrying 10 pounds extra thanks to them. Can I just say something here? There seems to be a lot of comments that get thrown around this podcast about me being a potato or a cantaloupe. Again, Sarah is referencing two past episodes for all you super fans. Continue. Anyway, although I will admit that I am presently somewhat fat. You're not fat. You're short. All short people are fat? No, but it's obviously easier for them to appear fat because we tall folk can disperse the weight better. Can you shut up for a minute? (laughs) As I was saying, I am currently a little on the chubby side, but I did not actually get fat until my hip problems rendered me unable to do many activities. Not only that, but I was quite depressed and began eating my feelings. In fact, with my first pregnancy, when my son was five weeks old, I already weighed less than I did going into that pregnancy. And I maintained it well into my second pregnancy and beyond. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Wow, at five weeks? Why the hell am I not shredded? Uh, Anyway, I guess that's encouraging to hear for those of us who've just had a baby and currently have a kangaroo pouch on our bellies. Okay, so Haseer, how about you share what was the worst part about the whole childbirth experience for you? And I guess let's specify what was the worst part for you and your ham sandwich. Faux ham sandwich. It's a vegan show. Faux ham sandwich? Oh, is this my crotch we're talking about? Yeah, I really hate the word vagina. Because ham sandwich is much better. Faux ham sandwich. Anyway, for me, I would have to say with my first, for some reason I chose a mirror during delivery. I have no idea why I wanted to see everything. Yeah, why? No, it actually, I actually recommend it because it was quite encouraging to... To uh, see the widening of your (laughs) pink truffle. Yeah, you could see your progress and it was encouraging. Unfortunately, the downside is that if your child like mine took a dump in the amniotic sac prior to birth, seeing diarrhea spilling out of your twat is an image that you will never forget. Good lord. Well, I think Sarah wins this one. Actually, can I tell a funny story? Yes, please. So a friend of mine was telling me that when she gave birth, she was lying there afterwards saying to her husband, well, at least I wasn't one of those people who shit on the table. And he was kind (laughs) of silent for a moment and then said, actually, you did. And she was then slightly mortified and said, well, at least it didn't stink. To which he replied, yes, yes, it did. So I would much rather see fetal poop spilling out of my vajayjay rather than having my baby slide through my own shit. Yeah, good call. All right, you definitely win or that friend wins. Uh, (laughs) I was just going to say the grossest part about childbirth in my experience was the longest period of your life that follows giving birth that no one even told me about. I had no idea that I would have a month-long period to deal with as I recovered from abdominal surgery and had to tend to a newborn baby wearing the most hideous hospital underwear ever. 
I definitely won that round. Cry me a river. <laughs> Actually, I'll even see your month-long period and raise you the world's worst hemorrhoid. Oh, all right. Lovely. <laughs> Another bonus to not having to push during childbirth. Can I get an amen for the C-sections? Amen. Well, technically, it was two weeks after giving birth to my daughter. We went to visit my mother-in-law, so she was holding the baby, and my four-year-old son wanted to go check out the hay bales in the neighboring farmer's field. So we walked out there, and when we got up close, we were talking about how we couldn't believe how big this bale of hay was. So I picked him up to sit on top of it, keeping in mind that picking him up was a regular occurrence. But apparently, when you do that two weeks after giving birth, your asshole will let go of one of the largest, painful, bulbous, red-hot hemorrhoid you never knew was possible. Okay. <laughs> I can honestly say that for the first time in my life, I understood those commercials referring to hemorrhoid sufferers because I was truly suffering. Well, I just hope the constipation was cleared up for you by then because <laughs> anyway, thank God you're here for this episode because I feel like I got nothing on you for once. Yeah, as much as you're over there fist pumping the fellow C-sectioners, this episode would be pretty boring without me. <laughs> totally. Well, I'm sure the men listening are beyond disgusted by me at this point. Well, I'm pretty sure any men listening dropped off after your mentioning of flushing a zebra. We can only hope. Yeah. Sir Robert of Calgary is dry heaving into his own toilet bowl. <laughs> Hopefully zebra free. Yes, Sir Robert. <laughs> this one is for you. Okay, moving on. Before we wrap this episode up, I would like to mention something to you, Sarah, that you made me terrified about, which truthfully was not as bad as you made me think it would be, and that is the so-called cavernous pit of a belly button that you said would remain following Harry's birth. And I will fully admit that my cute, teeny, tiny little belly button that I've always been so proud of, fine. It has not come back exactly as it was. However, it's not that bad, despite it popping out completely during pregnancy. I am happy to report that it has gone back for the most part and is almost as cute, I guess, as it was before. No, it's not. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> well, it's just like a sadder, lazier version now. <sighs> kind of like your whole being. Yeah, you're kind of right. Fair enough. Well, aside from the extra layer of fat and my little C-section pouch that remains on my gut and the giant scar, I guess the good news is that I have no stretch marks thanks to my obsessive moisturizing and exfoliating during pregnancy and probably good genetics as well. I was going to say all of that was a huge waste of money because I did none of that, and I too have zero stretch marks. And the other good news is that your tummy is a lot easier to get back after the first kid. The more you have, the more screwed you are for sure. Especially when you have a giant baby that won't stop growing like my daughter was. The taut belly is no more. And what about your boobs? Are they floppy saggers now, or what? Tennis balls inside a pair of tube socks? Oh, for where do you come <laughs> up with this shit? Uh, no, I'd say they just kind of lose their oomph. Well, according to that same article that I keep referencing, 
which is on livescience.com or livescience.com in case anyone else wants to read it. I was pleased to see that although once breasts droop, they will never perk up again, apparently breastfeeding is unlikely to make the sagging any worse. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good news for those of us who are forever pulling and squeezing on our dirty pillows as we nurse our little ones. And yeah, despite what they say about the growing of your breasts during pregnancy and, you know, you're basically stretching the ligaments and the elastin that hold their fatty tissue in place as they grow, which is basically why they end up sagging to your knees. What I'm hoping is that all of my hardcore chest workouts will help them to stay taut. a crazy chest workout this week and my pecs are feeling it. So I'll keep you super fans posted on whether I have tennis balls and tube socks after breastfeeding. I'm sure they'd prefer you to. Alright, well let's end this episode on a high note. Actually, I'm sure we could find some kind of motivational quote about the miracle of life to conclude with. Shall we do a quick Google search here? Okay, how about this one? Babies are like little sons that in a magic way bring warmth, happiness, and light into our lives. And red hot burning hemorrhoids into our lives. Also like little suns on our penises. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Seriously though, I just wanted to say that as much as we're joking, or not joking, about the unpleasant parts of pregnancy and or childbirth, it really is nothing compared to the incredible gift you get in the end. You know, saggy boobs, throbbing buttholes are merely bumps in the road of the amazing journey that is motherhood. And the two little people waiting for me at home were absolutely worth it. Ah, can I get an amen for the miracle of life? Okay, so before we sign off, let's quickly announce who won the Patreon prize from our last episode all about bloating. The prize is a customized six-week vegan nutrition program written, of course, by yours truly. That's one hell of a prize. It sure is, with a value of 150 buckaroos, baby. All right, let's do this. Okay, the winner of a customized meal plan by me is Teddy. Teddy. My boy Teddy from the Bronx, who's not even vegan. Well, he will be for the next six weeks. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope so. So what is the prize for this episode? Since we do have all of those free teas from the good people at Traditional Medicinals, which by the way, guys, is by far the best tea company out there, in my opinion anyway, why don't we send a whack load of healthy herbal teas to one lucky podcast listener. And by the way, if you're a new listener to the show and want to get in on all of these prizes, you can learn more and sign up at patreon.com slash jacked on the beanstalk. All right, Sarah, what are we singing? We're singing Lightning Crashes. Perfect. Here we go. Lightning crashes, a new mother cries. Her placenta falls to the floor. The angel opens her eyes. The confusion sets in. Before the doctor can even close the door. Lightning crashes, an old mother dies. 
Her intentions fall to the floor. The angel closes her eyes. The confusion that was hers belongs now to the baby down the hall. Oh, I feel it coming back again like a rolling thunder chasing the wind. Forces pulling from the center of the earth again. And I I can feel it. I can feel it. That was a lot harder than I thought it would be. (laughs) Probably painful for a lot of people. Yes, and Harry is looking up at me like, WTF, Mom. Get used to it, buddy. All right, well, that's it for this episode. Hope everybody enjoyed it, and we will be back hopefully sooner than later. Have a great week, everybody. Harry says goodbye, and Shorky sisters are out.